Greetings, Earthling. Greetings. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. Alien edition. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hi. And I am Sabrina. And we have something special to celebrate today. My birthday happened. Corinne's birthday is on Friday, August 3rd. Yeah, it's this Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have something to say to you. Are you going to speak Martian? Apie, Eartha, Eartha Bay, Ute, Uye, Orinke. Did you learn Pig Latin for me? I did. Oh, that means so much. <laughs> Happy birthday you. to you. Wait, Ankte Uye, Abrina say. <laughs> what are you doing for your birthday? Um, On Friday, I'm going out to dinner with friends here in Boston. We're going to Legal Harborside, which is like legal seafoods, but it's out on the water. Fun. And then um, on Saturday, I'm going up to Portsmouth, New Hampshire and going out again for seafood with all of my family members, my like grandparents, aunt, uncle, cousins. And then the only other thing that I requested we do is go see Christopher Robin because I want to <gasps> see the Winnie the Pooh Fun. movie. So <laughs> I'm turning 25 and I'm going to go see Winnie the Pooh for my birthday. <laughs> You're always a child at heart. <laughs> it just looks so good. And when it said it was coming it does out on August good. 3rd, I was like, it was meant to be. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear about it. I hope you have a great birthday. Thanks. This is like the one birthday I'm least concerned about. I feel like every year I've always been concerned about, I don't know, like other people feeling comfortable or like liking what I'm planning on doing but this year I'm saying, yeah, i want to eat seafood and go see winnie the pooh and that's not those aren't difficult plans so either you're in or you're out but it's kind of more enjoyable because birthdays should not be stressful they should be relaxing like that yeah that's my personality though like i love to host people but i'm also the most concerned host yeah because you want to make like, sure everyone has have, like a drink in hand right Food. everyone has to have fun and i don't have fun if anyone else is not having fun but I, I still do it. I completely agree with that. Okay, wait. I have somewhat of a ghostly update for you. Oh, my gosh. All right. So here is the ghost story. So when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, well, seventh and eighth grade, I was friends with a boy <laughs> named Sam who lived in a neighboring town. And he was really good friends with my eighth grade boyfriend, Sumner. And we're <laughs> all in the same snowboarding group. So we hung out all the time. And he just like, he had the coolest family ever and it was just such a good time in seventh and eighth grade um but he passed away when he was 14 when a drunk driver hit him oh my god scootering down the road which was horrible horrible that's so sad in the time that i was friends with him there were a few occasions where i would go over to his house we'd all their family was very big on hosting people and so a lot of the times like it would be we're going over to sam's house right so this is not a story about sam but it's a story about his house Okay. So he was raised in a home that was actually used as a schoolhouse back in the day. So it's his actual house, like the house that they, all the kids grew up in and that his family still lives in. Mm-hmm. It, like it looks like a schoolhouse. That's it really is cool. A schoolhouse. They did very few renovations to it. They really kept most of the interior. It's considered one of the historic places, like a historic landmark. Awesome. Just all this awesomeness. And they actually have a bell tower. And we used to climb up into the bell tower when we were young and you could only a few people could go at a time because it's one it's kind of a narrow space and a little dangerous to go (laughs) up into it's an old bell tower it's not meant to hold like 10 kids middle school yeah but on your way up to the bell tower there was a room that was sealed off (gasps) and the room has a table and chairs and other items that 
helps occupy the time of the ghost named Bob Hand, who lives in the room. What? But just because he has his own private room does not mean that he stays in his room. There were stories of him, and I really, really wish I could remember the stories, but there were were stories of him, like, venturing out of the room and just, like, paranormal activity that happened throughout the house. How did they figure out his name? I don't know. Bob Hand. I don't know how the legend... I mean, I'm sure the legend happened before they moved into this house. Interesting. Anyway... Sam's younger brother, who I'm still friends with on social media, just posted the other day that they actually opened up the room. (gasps) And I'm like dying to know what was inside. And so I messaged him and I was like, oh my God. And he was like, I know, I know. And I was like, you have to tell me if anything paranormal happens. Yeah. So now we wait and we hope that he remembers me if anything does happen. It's been years. Wait, that's so cool. I was 13 when I first saw the closed room. Oh my god, I'm so curious. And then I told my mom about it and she was all excited. She was like, I remember the story. Oh, that is so cool. Big thing happening in Vermont. (laughs) The whole town's gathering, (laughs) waiting for some paranormal activity. They actually just had a party like a couple weekends ago, I think, to celebrate their house. It was like uh, some big anniversary. Oh, cool. For the schoolhouse. But I'm like, man, I wish wish I could have gone so I could have peeked into that room. Some ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. That would have been fun. Yeah. Next time you're in Vermont. Just show up. Excuse me. I know you <laughs> unsealed the room. I must go in. Uh, do you know who I am? I am one girl of two girls, one ghost. <laughs> they probably don't know me as that. They're just going to be like, okay, Corinne, Hi, Corinne, you're weird. You've shown up before. Go ahead. <laughs> go take a look. Be one with the ghosts, whatever you do. <laughs> do your thing. Well, they're just as cool. They're into that. Like the mom is a Reiki master and she does yoga classes oh. and everything at the at the schoolhouse. They would understand. So they welcome the ghost into their home too. I think, yeah, they're a very loving, warm, welcoming family. So I'm sure dead or alive, everyone is welcome in their home. What about aliens? <laughs> aliens could be, depending on what they what the aliens' intentions are. All right, we're switching to the phone. We don't have time. Well, for your birthday and for episode 50, we decided... We're doing... Yeah, Sabrina texted me and said, it's your birthday. What do you want to do? I said, aliens. (laughs) I should have expected it. (laughs) Duh. Of course I want to do aliens. We are going to space. Finally, my dreams are coming true. Although I'm not sure it'll be such a dream when you hear some of these stories. I know. And like most humans, there are good and bad humans. Mm -hmm. And with alien stories, encounters, abductions, etc., there seems to be both good and bad. Correct. And you've had your own experiences, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't abducted. Right. But I know of. You've had encounters with extraterrestrial beings. Right. There were, there were like two that I can remember specifically. One was when I was just, I was in Vermont and I think we were out on the boat and it was nighttime. And so we were just looking up at the stars and pointing stars out. And there was one star that we thought was a shooting star, but then it started going in all the different zigzag weird directions. And then we're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not a star. That's not a satellite. That's an alien. And then yep. another time, this was the really scary time when I lived in my college house that I was at junior and senior year, Colegio. We were, we were all upstairs mm-hmm. and we were waiting for another one of our friends to come over. And all of a sudden there was this big flash, this blue light that just like took over all of the windows and came into the, into the room. And I forget who it was. It was like Jordan or Marissa or someone was like, am I the only one that just noticed that? And we're like, no, what is happening? Oh my gosh. And so we run to the windows and we're looking out over into the marina 
jets uh, over the like the ocean area to see right. if anything's happening and there's one helicopter that's kind of going by like way down yonder so we're we're trying to figure out what is happening and then we go out onto the balcony to try to get a better look and to someone notices to the left because the whole time we're looking to the right we're just assuming everything's happening outside of the neighborhood down into the city but to the left just above the treetops probably half mile away was this sort of like it sounds so weird to say because it's so <laughs> stereotypical ufo spaceship but it was just a row of lights in this sort of like disc like pattern and it oh was just gosh. hovering there it was there was no way for it to be there lex did not land that way like it was not a row of planes coming in it was really close by and it was just hovering and sitting there so then our friend taylor who was in the film she was a film major mm-hmm gets out her video camera and tries to start videotaping the thing meanwhile we're all freaking out we're like they're gonna know that you're videotaping them (laughs) like don't do it we all started crying i literally texted it was to the point where we were so scared that i texted my family members and was like there's an alien spaceship outside so if you don't see me or if something happens like legit this is what happened i was abducted (laughs) yeah abducted by people that are not of this world (laughs) um so we were just really really freaked out and we're watching this thing for like maybe 10 minutes and we also noticed that out over the ocean there was there were two more sort of like lights just kind of hovering over the ocean so we're like okay those must be other spaceships so we're like kind of going in between the one that's to the left of us and the one that's out over the ocean and then all the same second a few of us turn away our gaze away from that one that's to the left of us only half Mm -hmm. mile away and when we look back it's gone (gasps) and we're like what so we look back around to see where it is and then someone notices that over the ocean there are now three. Oh my gosh it rejoined its group uh-huh so i don't know what they were surveilling or if they were just picking people up or what i mean that's the craziest thing about all the alien encounters is like why did they pick those people and why didn't they pick me for example well i think you should count your lucky stars that they didn't i don't know like i mean i think i've made my intentions very clear I like to be abducted just because, one, I want to go to space. Two, I think it'd be a really good story to have in my repertoire. And I want to meet aliens. Maybe I'm, like, being too desperate. And, two, I think the aliens also know that you intend to just walk around and sightsee, which is not what they do <laughs> They're like with the people that they take. Dude, you are too desperate. We are not interested in you. You're... <laughs> you're not our type um no you're definitely not I mean, like the things that they do to people are not okay and i know i know i don't think that would be a good thing i would never wish it upon you or anyone else thanks i appreciate that but i am going to start playing hard to get with aliens well maybe if it if it happens let me know um <laughs> trust me you will be the first to know <laughs> but really quick before we go on about aliens what Everyone needs to go watch the SNL skit on the alien abduction yes. with Kate McKinnon. Because if you have not seen that, it's like a pee your pants worthy SNL there, skit. It I think there's like hilarious. two or three of them too, right? They're so funny. Yeah. The first one I think was the best because it was just so shocking and like none, none of the actors had done it before. And so they're all like fighting Breaking. back laughter the entire time. Yeah. I love when SNL actors kind of break because it just makes it so much more enjoyable it's and you feel like you're in on the joke with them. It's awesome. Sabrina, have you had any alien encounters? 
Um, clearly not. That is why I'm so desperate. Uh, You've never seen anything in the sky? Well, I mean, truthfully, after doing my research last night, I was driving home at like 10 p.m. And I was like, if there's any night for it to happen, it's going to be tonight. So I set the mood with some nice music. And um, I opened my car windows just in case, you know, they could beam me through the window. Oh, my gosh. Easy access. I'm telling you, I'm being too easy for them. But I did see a flash in the sky. But it probably was just my imagination. I don't know. Or I, the helicopter that was chasing down the shooter that was in your area. That's last true. Night. There was, yeah, there was a police helicopter in my uh, neighborhood because there was a robbery at gunpoint last night, which is, um, I when so I first crazy. heard the helicopter, I thought it was, oh my god, there's a UFO, and I was like, yes, they're come for me finally. But <laughs> um, unless I just like blocked out my memory of it, uh, no, not. I have not had any alien encounters, but I really, I really do believe in aliens. And I mean, obviously you do too. And regardless if other people who are listening do or don't, let's just pretend they do exist. And like, I mean, there's just no way there's no other life in outer space. The universe is freaking infinite. I I think the thing that that makes people think that they're, the reason so many people are like, there are no aliens. I think those people, and I'm generalizing here because I haven't talked to any of them. I don't know anyone that doesn't believe in aliens. You don't make friends with people who don't believe in aliens. I'm just so animated when I start talking about it that I'm sure people who don't believe are afraid to say it to me (laughs) because I just get a little crazy and my eyes cross. But (laughs) um, I think the thing with people who say that they don't believe in aliens I think they say it because they're picturing aliens as being like the stereotypical aliens that right. we see in movies or like like people. I think they're being like, there's no way we can exist again. And it's like, maybe not. Maybe it's so specific to Earth. But right. aliens can be single cell organisms that live in a different planet. Like, it's impossible yeah. to think that there's nothing else there. Like a plant, a single cell organism, right. some gaseous living creature. Like, it's something, you know. And there's... I mean, like I said, the universe is infinite. So there's so much of space that we've never explored. And I think humans have this inferior complex where they think that they're they're the best. We all think we're so special and that we're rare, we're the the smartest, we're the best. And I think that gets in the way of opening your mind to the idea that maybe that's not the case. Yes. Humans were cursed with an ego. Yeah unfortunately. But Sabrina, this is exciting news for you. And this is new in like NASA, the world of space and planets. What? They believe that there actually are some rogue planets out there that don't belong to one sort of solar system. Whoa. That because of the the materials that are on the planet, the planet's able to stay warm enough to possibly sustain life. It just kind of mills about. It doesn't belong to one star. You oh, know, that's so they just kind of do their own thing. Whoa. So maybe one of them will come close enough to Earth and you can just hop on. I mean, a girl could wish. Wouldn't that be great? (sighs) Like, no. I've made it very clear that I want to stay on the Earth. It's so much so that I don't even, like, I'm afraid of heights. I don't want to skydive. I don't want to get, like, I am so in love with the crust of the Earth. I don't want to leave it. (laughs) Two feet on the ground at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make me go. I'm not ready. (laughs) We have different opinions on those. Maybe it's because you've seen what's out there and I haven't. What do you mean? I haven't seen anything. I saw some lights in the sky. But right. 
I don't have this new <laughs> understanding of what like I just imagine other life is. <laughs> I think I'm projecting my hopes and dreams onto your experience and like I am imagining the fact that you saw it, you immediately gained all knowledge. of a sudden I'm Yoda in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> like no. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, should I just tell you my story? I think so. Okay. I know a little bit about your story, but I don't know the details. I just know like the general. There are a lot of details. Yeah. Well, it's actually one of the most well-known, well-documented UFO alien encounters, and it is the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. So it was Tuesday, September 19th, 1961. Betty and Barney Hill, an interracial couple, which obviously doesn't matter, but back in the 1960s, it was more rare, and it plays into the story later. And their dog, Delzy, were returning from a vacation in Canada to their home. And guess where, Corinne? Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Wait. Oh, my God. I know. I knew that the, uh, that the story happened in New Hampshire, but I did not know that they were residents of Portsmouth. Right? I didn't know that either. And I just picked the story and then I started reading into it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a sign from another world that I chose the right story for Corinne's birthday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to Portsmouth. I know. And Portsmouth, for people who don't know, even though I've talked about it so many times on the podcast, when you think of, I feel like when most people think of New England, they think like kind of rural, more scenic, like mountainous drives. Portsmouth is a city. It's got a harbor. It's like on the water. It's it's not rural. It's very much city life, but just a, a very petite city. So yeah, that's where they're from. And they were an average couple. Barney was employed by the U.S. Postal Service, and Betty was a social worker, and they were both civil rights activists. So they're driving home. It's around 10.30 p.m., and the Hills were driving along U.S. Route 3, I think it was. Uh, it was just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, which is about two hours and 40 minutes from their home, according to Google Maps. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. Betty saw a bright point of light in the sky that was moving in kind of an erratic motion. It was moving up and down, side to side. It wasn't moving like a normal thing craft or star or you know anything in the sky right similar to how you saw the weird craft in the sky moving in that motion it's unnatural for right exactly the types of things that we have here and betty tried to write it off she's like oh it's just a falling star but it started growing bigger and brighter so betty asked barney to pull the car over so they could just both take a look at it and Barney pulled over. They got out of, the, out of the car with their dog. And Betty took a look at the light through a pair of binoculars. And she saw it was oddly shaped and it had flashing multicolored lights. And she goes, huh. This was like a rave UFO ship. Right? They're partying. Party lights, different lights, different colors. Flashing light, light, light. So Betty thinks that it's a flying saucer. And she she gave the binoculars to Barney. And he looked through them and said, no, 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 no. It's just a commercial liner. And it's probably just going to Montreal. And then he keeps looking through the binoculars and sees that the object quickly changes direction. And instead of moving away from them, starts moving towards them and starts descending closer to them barney looks to betty and starts to panic and goes oh my god that is not a plane and it starts coming close and he goes that is not a plane and they both jumped in the car with delzy and start to drive away so now they're driving on an isolated road it was narrow mountainous and winding they kept winding around sharp edges they both kept their eyes on this object as it passed over a restaurant and over a signal tower on top of cannon mountain and then it came back out near the old man of the mountain which is a rock formation on the side of a mountain that looks like a man 
and yeah it's if you have a if you have a quarter from new hampshire you can actually see it but it was like eight years ago or so man in the mountain the face structure actually fell so it doesn't <gasps> exist anymore you can't oh, see no. it in person but man of the mountain is on this really really scary curve on this sort of high speed area of the road and so it's like one of the most dangerous areas to be in and that's where they're driving See, this is why it's nice that you know that area so well, because I was like hearing all these names, reading all these names, and I was like, I have no idea what they are. Right. And the like mountainous high road that I think you were talking about before is over like Frank Franconia Notch area, which is hmm. like a very narrow, narrow, scary, high up Yikes. road. You got to drive slow. And driving in the dark is not ideal. Yeah. And they're kind of in panic mode. And they see that the object's 40 feet long and it appeared to be rotating. So they kept driving, unable to rationalize what they were seeing and how what they thought it was, how it could be possible. And then they were near Indian Head, which is another mountain range in the area, when the object started descending towards them. Next thing they know, it's 80 feet away from them and it's blocking the entire view through the windshield so that Barney has to stop the car in the middle of the road. Whoa. So Barney steps out of the vehicle. He has his pistol in his pocket just in case. And he takes one more look through the binoculars and he sees eight to 11 humanoid figures peering out of the craft's windows, looking back at him. And all of the figures, except for one, kind of just move in unison to a panel in the front of the craft. And the remaining figure is staring at Barney. And in that moment, Barney gets a thought, but it's not his thought. It's like a message telecommunicated to his head through telepathy that says, stay where you are and keep looking. That what? <laughs> this is reminding me of the movie Arrival. Yeah, just just the like the telepathy thing or like the kind of understanding someone else's language knowledge. without. Yeah. Yeah. So then red lights begin to telescope out of the sides of the craft and a long structure begins to descend from the bottom of the craft. Barney was like okay, something bad is going to happen. He didn't like the messages in his head and he was definitely not going to listen to them. So he jumped back in the car and yelled at Betty, they're going to capture us. He just had this gut feeling. Mm -hmm. So he starts driving again and Betty is sticking her head out of the window to look at the object. And then all of a sudden they hear a series of rhythmic beeping and buzzing sounds that seem to bounce vibrations off of the car. Betty and Barney had an odd sensation travel through their bodies. They looked at each other and time began to slow, their minds doling into what felt like an altered consciousness. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. And then there was a second set of beats and beeps and buzzing which sent them back into reality only to realize that they were 35 miles further down the road with no recollection of traveling there, and it was past midnight, so now September 20th, 1961. Barney pulled off the road where they got out of the car and saw a fiery orb disappear in the sky. They checked the car and found Delzy cowering under the seat. Oh my god, poor baby! I know. So the Hills managed to drive back home. They arrived around dawn, which according to my great mathematical skills it means they lost a pretty good amount of time because they first saw the craft at 10 30 p.m when they were less than three hours from home and they returned back 35 miles further down the road past midnight you know that's a good chunk of time yeah it should have only taken them 30 45 minutes to drive that distance but it took them what two hours yeah so they're missing time they get home and they both kind of feel a little odd but nothing, nothing big. Their watches never worked again after that night. 
and the strap on the binoculars was torn. The toes of Barney's dress shoes were scraped as if he ran through dense underbrush. And Barney had an odd feeling that he should go check his genitals, but found nothing unusual, which gives me like so many heebie-jeebies. Like that is probably, I just imagine that feeling of feeling like you were violated. I'm sure he was because the majority of abduction stories of people have like actual clear memories of everything that happened typically includes sperm and egg extraction. And I will get to that. So they feel weird. They try to go to sleep, but clearly, I mean, they just had an alien encounter. They don't have memory of it. They feel off. They could hardly sleep. So the next day, Betty takes the clothing and the shoes that she was wearing that night and places them in the closet, realizing that the hem of the dress was torn, And but she figured she should just keep it just in case. They also noticed shiny concentric circles on the car's trunk that had not been there the day before, and they experimented with a compass and realized that when they moved close to the spots, the compass needle would go on the fritz, whirling rapidly, but when they moved away from the spots, the compass would return to normal. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. So it's like they left an effect on the earth. Exactly. It almost like leftover radiation sort of type yeah, thing. Yeah, there's obviously some weird magnetism going on. Mm-hmm. So two days after the incident on September 21st, or I guess one day because they, you know, it, the incident happened from the 19th to the 20th, Betty called the New Hampshire Air National Guard to report the encounter. And the next day, Major Paul W. Henderson called the Hills back and asked for a more detailed interview. So on September 26th, Henderson met and interviewed the Hills, filling out an official report about the incident. And then he forwarded the report to Project Blue Book, which is the U.S. Air Force's UFO research project. Betty and Barney were not getting any answers. The government was very clinical about it. They just asked questions and they said, great, thanks. They didn't offer any solutions Mm -hmm. or try to help them with it because obviously the government doesn't like to admit that there are alien life forms. So Betty decided to go to her local library and she picked up a book by Donald E. Kehoe, who was a retired Marine Corps major who also was the head of a civilian UFO research group. And Kehoe introduced, she ended up writing him a letter and he introduced her to Walter N. Webb. So Walter comes to meet with Betty and Barney and they recount all of the incidents with him And it was clear that Barney had a mental block of sorts and all he could remember that was that the figures were somehow not human. And he made it very clear that he didn't really want to remember, which means that he was having like, yeah. And it's, it's an interesting concept because when you, when you hear about a lot of abduction stories, a lot of people don't remember. And it makes me wonder if it's the difference between like aliens actually wiping your memory or your experience being so horrific that your own mind and your body block it out of your memory to protect you, which happens to so many people who suffer Mm -hmm. from like abuse or something traumatic. You just forget about it. It's like it never happened. You lost that time because your body doesn't want to deal. And that's what happens with even seeing ghosts too. Like a lot of people minds can't can't process process yeah thank you they can't process what happened so they make sense of it in a way that is more realistic or they block it out right so it does make me wonder it's like do aliens wipe abductees memories right or us as humans do we just block it out ourselves because of the painful memories well i think in in betty and barney's case i do think that the aliens did something to prevent them from remembering And I say that because I'm about to tell you what actually happened. 
Okay. So 10 days after the encounter, Betty starts having these crazy vivid dreams. Five nights in a row, the same dreams. They're the most vivid dreams she's ever had. She could recall every single detail in vivid recollection. Like she just, everything was so clear to her. It felt so real. She mentioned it to Barney, but neither of them made a big deal about it. I think Betty realized that Barney was having a way more difficult time processing what had happened, so she didn't want to worry him over these dreams. Mm -hmm. But Betty couldn't drop it herself. The dreams were so vivid, so she felt like she had to document them. So in November of 1961, Betty decides to write down the details of her dream, and this is what her dreams were. In one, her and Barney were in the road when men surrounded the car, and she started to lose consciousness. She fought to get it back and realized she was being forced by two small men to walk into the forest in the night. She could see Barney behind her, also being walked through the dense underbrush of the forest. Remember his shoes? How they looked like they were yeah, scraped up from trees and underbrush? And the hem of her dress was torn, which definitely exactly. could have happened when a twig snags on it. Uh-huh. So in this part of the dream, Betty considered calling to Barney, but when she tried to, nothing came out of her. She said it felt as if her body was asleep, but her mind was not, like sleepwalking. The men were four to five feet tall, and they were wearing matching blue uniforms with caps like those military cadets wore. She recalled that they looked nearly human, with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses, bluish lips, and a grayish color skin. In the dreams, Benny, Betty and Barney were walked up a ramp by the men into a metallic disc-shaped craft. And once they were in the craft, a group of men started to split Barney off away from her into the opposite direction. And Betty tried to prote- protest, but the leader, this is what Betty called him, said it would take much longer to examine them if they did it together. So they were separated. It's just an interesting detail that you said was that they were clothed and had uniforms. And- right. It's just an interesting concept because when I think of clothing, I think it's so specific to humans and sort of the shame that we associate with our bodies and like you have to cover it up even though technically we're animals and like animals don't wear clothes. So it's interesting that on other planets that that could happen too, you know, that they right. decide that they need to cover themselves. <laughs> Either that or do they do that to make humans feel more comfortable? Oh, I didn't think of it that way. I mean, I don't know if it's true. Try to mimic the culture as much as possible. Yeah. To try to make them feel comfortable. Because in another dream, they also spoke English to her. So, but like she felt like the English was broken and imperfect as if studied from a textbook and rather than like studied from having conversation. Interesting. Yeah. So in another dream, she was brought into this room and a new man walked in and she called him the examiner. And the examiner told Betty that he was going to conduct a few tests in order to determine in order to determine differences between humans and the occupants on the craft. So he had her sit in a chair and a bright light shone on her. Then the examiner cut off a lock of Betty's hair, examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, and hands. And he saved a nail clipping, he examined her legs and feet, and then he used a dull knife to scrape off some skin. And then he tested her nervous system by thrusting a needle into her belly button, which just makes me cringe. Ah! Oh my god, no! I know. And also, like, just, I don't know why, well no, I do know why, my belly button seems to have no end, so I feel like belly buttons in general just freak me out because I don't know where it goes. Mine too. It's like, how deep can you go? Does like it the touch universe. the other side of my body? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. 
<laughs> just a uh, belly button tunnel that goes all the way from front to back. It's like when people said you could dig a tunnel from here to China by going through the middle <laughs> of the earth. <laughs> Science. This is where you learn about human anatomy. <laughs> we are professionals. Okay, so Betty said this needle caused her agonizing pain, but the examiner waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain was gone within a blink of an eye. So he had this like magic power. Again, I wonder, I wonder if the wave is like, so I'm just wondering what that is. Is that something that's like truly takes all the pain away from the nerves and what's happening? Or does his wave sort of trick your brain into not recognizing the signals of pain that are being shot to your mind? Yeah, I mean, that's very possible. And maybe they use that later when they wipe their memories. Interesting. So many questions. So many questions. So the examiner leaves the room and Betty starts having a conversation with the leader and she sees a book with a strange sim- with strange symbols on it and the leader said she could take it home with her. So Betty goes, where are you from? And the leader pulls down an instructional map that's dotted with all these stars. Shortly later, the men start escorting the hills from the ship. Betty recalls that when she's reunited with Barney, an argument breaks out. And that the leader comes to Betty and tells her that she cannot keep the book because other members of the ship do not want her to remember the encounter. Oh. Yeah. So he trusted her enough. Or right. someone trusted her enough to right. be like, yeah, you can take this. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which means I don't, it, there's just like – it just reminds me of like, is there someone who who's like – is there someone in this alien colony who's like, why can't they know we exist? Like, I want to be acknowledged as an existing – creature in this universe and the rest of them are like no, and no, no, no. too it might be like they've looked at us long enough that they're like why can't we just give them the info it's not like they can come right. get us like what danger could they pose to us but then there are others that are like well we don't know what they're capable with once they get the knowledge and so maybe it's like a whole battle about like their own safety and survival right and what they think we are capable of doing or not doing exactly which is probably not much compared to that. <laughs> so give us the book. Okay, so Betty told the man that she actually would never be able to forget these events. And the leader just kind of looked at her knowing that he was going to wipe her memory. And he takes Barney and Betty back to the car and says, you can watch the craft leave and then continue home. So those are Betty's dreams. Fast forward to no- end of November, beginning of December, where Barney and Betty are still having trouble remembering all the details and knowing what was real and what was not. So they end up getting paired up with this man, Benjamin Simon, who's trained in hypnosis but did not believe in aliens. And he is going to help. He he decides to help Barney and Betty with hypnosis sessions in order to remember what happened. And he also thought that these hypnosis sessions would prove that they had random a random other incident that was not aliens and it would prove their alien theory wrong. Mm-hmm. But it only proves their alien theory more because both Barney and Betty went through hypnosis sessions separately and both of their accounts were freakishly similar. Barney became very emotional. It was clear that he this was kind of a traumatic experience for him and he didn't want to remember, but he felt like the hypnosis would help Betty and he just was trying, you know, he wanted to help his wife. Under hypnosis, he said things like, oh, those eyes, they're in my brain. All I see are those eyes. They're pressing against mine. 
And he said in his hypnosis, he said that he was brought onto the disc-shaped craft and separated from Betty and that he was brought into a room and told to lie on a rectangular table where he kept his eyes closed the entire time. And this is one thing that he recounted is that he tried to keep his eyes closed throughout the entire encounter because he was too scared. So he's on the table. I know, poor guy. Just the concept of losing all control over Mm -hmm. anything that happens to you. I know. It's so sad. Very scary. It's so scary. And to make it worse, he feels he's laying on this table and he felt a cup-like device placed over his genitals and he recalled that it did not it, he did not feel like he had an orgasm, but it felt as if a sperm sample was taken. Like you said, this is like something that's very common in mm-hmm. abduction stories. And also why he went home and felt like he had to check his genitals. The other tests were very similar to the ones that Betty recalled in her dreams and in her hypnosis sessions. Barney recalled that they spoke in English and another language that he could not understand. And Betty's sessions seemed to gather very similar details to her dreams. There were only a few differences such as detail in the technology and the specific physical appearances of the figures. But she was also able to draw the map of the star system that the leader showed her. And it consisted of 12 stars and trade routes used by these beings. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Have they been able to find like a matching? Yes. So in 1968, <gasps> Marjorie Fish, who was an amateur astronomer, studied the star map Betty had drawn and found that it actually matched the double star system of Zeta Reticuli. Isn't that nuts? I wonder how far away that is. Um, I didn't look into the specifics. I want to know how many light years they were able to travel. I'll have to look it up. So Simon was convinced that everything they claimed was a fantasy inspired by Betty's dreams and that they weren't actually abducted by a UFO. But now more than ever, Betty and Barney were sure that they were. And the hypnosis seemed to actually calm Barney and like make him less anxious about the experience. And then they started to be more public about their encounter in March of 1963. And of course, there were a lot of people who refused to believe it. There were people who said, who tried to say that they created the story for attention. Others said it was a hallucination brought on by the stresses of being an interracial couple in the early 1960s. And others tried to say that they were influenced by TV shows and movies of aliens. The Air Force even concluded that the objects they saw in the sky were probably weather balloons. Which is like BS. Why do they always say that it's a weather balloon? I don't know. Weather balloons are not that large. And right. they don't really have control over where they go. Like that's a bullshit excuse. And they don't like flash multicolors and come. They're not 40 feet long. Yeah. I mean, it's just an easy excuse. But I mean, regardless, there's, you know, with any situation, whether it's aliens or ghosts, there are going to be a million people saying a million different things to prove to try to prove them wrong. But Mm -hmm. I did a little Google search to find out what else happened on September 19th, 1961. And guess what? That same day, NASA announced that the new manned spacecraft center would be built near Houston, Texas. So is it just a coincidence that on the very day that Betty and Barney were abducted by aliens, the U.S. government announced it, that they were going to start opening a manned spacecraft center that would investigate space more? This is my conspiracy digging that maybe the aliens heard this news and decided to go study humans more. It it very well could be. Or, or it could, could have be been a coincidence. Chance. Yeah. Could have been a coincidence because it kind of seems like like there's a website. Oh, my God. I forget what it's called. But there's a website that if you just Google like alien abductions, like number of alien or sightings, mm-hmm. there's a whole entire map that you can kind of see um not kind of you can see where ones were reported and how many witnesses there were to report Jeez, 
and stuff like that. It's so fascinating. Oh but it just makes you realize that it happens pretty frequently. And those are just the people that reported things. Right. You and know? There's so many people who are so scared and don't talk about it. Right. That's interesting. I have a conspiracy. What's yours? The band Queen. Their song Bohemian Rhapsody. What uh-huh. is it about? Because when you were saying like is this just real life it made it made the song start in my head like is this just fantasy and then like i see a little silhouette of a man it makes me think aliens were they abducted by aliens is this a song about their alien abduction masked as something else thunderbolt and lightning very very frightening me yes you i that just galileo the stars oh my god it's about <laughs> alien abductions. I, wow. Whoa. I'm convinced. I just convinced myself. Someone go take a public speaking class. And when you have to give a speech and convince the audience of something, you know what? Forget you. I'm going to do a TED talk on this. <laughs> this is my thing. <laughs> I got to I got to Google it as soon as we're finished yeah, recording. We definitely have to. Okay. I'm going to wrap this up real quick. So Betty's dress from the night was sent to multiple laboratories and tested for chemicals, but it's believed that any evidence was lost because at a point Betty threw the dress out and then later took it out of the trash, realizing it could be evidence. It was never made clear if Delzy the dog was abducted or not, but it doesn't seem like it because in all the accounts Betty and Barney made, the dog was never mentioned. They didn't ever seem to have the dog. So maybe aliens have dogs too and didn't need to test the dog. That's or my maybe they've, they've tested a dog before and realized it wasn't the creature that they needed to be interested in. Right. Or that. But Delzy was okay. So in the months and years that followed, Benny, Betty and Barney spent many weekends driving the same route that they had driven that night to try and find where the encounter happened. And in 1965, on Labor Day weekend, they found what claimed to be their capture site. So in July of 2011, the State Division of Historical Resources actually marked the site with a historical marker. And then 1966, John F. John G. Fuller published a best-selling books, book called The Interrupted Journey. And then it has also inspired many movies, the 1975 TV movie, The UFO Incident. And then Lore actually did a podcast on it. It's episode 87 if anyone wants to listen to it. But Barney ended up dying in February of 1969 of a cerebral hemorrhage at age 46. And then Betty Hill died of cancer in October 2004 at age 85 never having remarried and that is the hill abduction or the zeta reticuli incident wait okay so they marked the spot do you think it's still marked today it is you can yeah with a historical marker and it says this is the spot where betty and barney hill were abducted by aliens we really need to do a haunted road trip through new england yes i mean through the u.s through the u.s but we can start in New England. Let's yes, that's a good idea. I'll come fly to you. Ooh, <laughs> freaky! It's so wild, just so like disconcerting. And and the weird thing is, is so many of the stories are similar enough. Like everyone has their own story, but they're all like we kind of get the gist of what they the alien species or right. Maybe it's not just one alien group. Maybe there are different groups that come down that are just so beyond us we don't know as you yeah. said the universe is infinite but it's just so crazy that they all have somewhat similar techniques right well because it's all about experiment experimenting and studying our species right like i think that's their motive for coming to visit us it's like oh there's other life 
And they want to know how we live and how we function, how we think, how we speak, how we interact with other people. I think it's the same thing we would do if we were to find other life. We'd poke and probe. I mean, that's why we haven't or the the government won't release. Oh, my God. I can't talk. (laughs) I'm flustered. But you know what I'm trying to say. It's like because of that reason – I think aliens are probably very careful around us, you know, because we're going to test on them. But where they keep us alive and return us to Earth, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure humans would do the same for them. I don't think so either. I think it's just like, oh, kill them, cut them open, see what happens. Chain them up, keep them for years. Kill them. them. Yeah, like dissect them. When they don't answer, use awful torture techniques. It's like, okay, maybe not the best way. Okay, what alien encounters did you do okay all right so mind you this was like the hardest topic i could have picked just because i spent hours and hours researching because you get trapped in a hole you go down and you watch youtube video after youtube video Mm -hmm. you read article after article all of a sudden you're on reddit you're on thought catalog you're reading like people's stories on instagram like right it's addicting and there's like I just made like a list of tons and tons of alien movies that I want to watch now. So good. So many that I want to rewatch too. Yeah. Interstellar. Oh man, I love that Interstellar. Movie. I still, someone tried to explain it to me the other day and how <laughs> time is just a concept because I was like, I don't get how he could go back in the bookshelf and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, because time is just a concept and it's not linear. And I was like, that's the point that I don't, I don't get, you know, you can try to explain it, but like, I understand what the movie was trying to do, but my mind is too small like well that's why we made time the construct that we did because otherwise we one would never make appointments on time or have any construct to our lives but also we can't conceive of what it actually is i really i just really can't i'm trying to think of other planets and just picture them being able to manipulate time and it not being linear and i just you know what why spend time on this when i'm never going to understand just we know but time doesn't exist, Corinne, so don't spend any time on it. You won't. Uh, <laughs> you can't. Okay, well, <laughs> my clock says it ticks in the same direction every day, so that's what I go by. All right, All right, but so I knew sort of the gist of what you were doing, and I was thinking about just alien abductions and everything that happens, and I just feel like so often ta- like we're thinking of people being out in the woods or or wherever and getting abducted there you know but it's not often that we hear about people being abducted while they're sleeping so that's that's the direction i went (gasps) okay and for anyone well i i went there and i went other places i was all over the place for (laughs) anyone who has watched the movie the fourth kind sabrina have you seen it uh i can't remember if i have okay well add that one to your list but it's just the idea that abductions can happen right at home at night while you're asleep and it's unnerving oh my gosh it was so freaky oh my gosh now i have to rewatch the movie it was just very scary so it made me think of one of our friends whose story i'm gonna read later but there are countless other alien abductions that are somewhat linked to people being asleep or potentially sleep paralysis so doctors believe it to just be sleep paralysis when people say that they were abducted from their beds at night doctors are like Shh, sleep paralysis right. dude and sleep paralysis is where your body for those that don't remember because we've talked about this before but not everyone listens to the podcast in order 
Aunt Jen. (laughs) (laughs) But it's basically where your body is disconnected with your mind. So your mind assumes that you're awake, but your body is paralyzed because your body is asleep. And then you doctors say you the things you see in your room are actually just hallucinations so you're not actually being attacked you're not hearing whispers you're not having pressure on your chest la, 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 la. but that doesn't but i'm make not sense. entirely convinced right well also the fact that your mind is awake means that you're not you're not unconscious so you are consciously aware of what's going on so that it just doesn't that doesn't work that doesn't make sense Right. So I I guess the doctor's argument is because they did a bunch of studies and researchers have actually brought people in and done like sleep tests of people in labs. And a lot of times when people have experienced sleep paralysis in the labs while being under study, their eyes never actually opened. So the researchers are arguing like, well, you never opened your eyes. You couldn't truly see what's in the room. But it's like, hello, bitch, third eye like new understanding your mind can expand i might not understand time but i know that our minds are more powerful than they than you think and also the one issue with that is that that it's a controlled environment they're not studying people in their natural habitats in their homes in places that they are experiencing these things so vividly so i just there's there are issues to the results that they're finding exactly it's not conclusive exactly But recently, and I could not find the interview again, but I remember, I swear someone posted it on our Facebook group, Mm -hmm. but there was an interview done with a woman who said that she was in her bed and she suddenly felt paralyzed, so basically like going into sleep paralysis, or felt that way, and a bright light flashed and she heard a buzzing noise, and then small gray aliens were present, suddenly present in the room with her, and that was somewhat of the extent of what she remembers, but she was like, I was visited by aliens, I was abducted by aliens, or at least visited, so... And I feel like that's common. A lot of people emailed us with experiences of sleep paralysis where they see like little short figures. So many people have experienced the same thing. And if it's just sleep paralysis and the mind is just hallucinating, then why do so many people hallucinate the same thing down to the little details? Right. Like if you were in control of hallucinating everything, wouldn't you just, I don't know, like, you could be all over the place. Some person sees spaghetti monster like crawling up the wall and another person sees <laughs> Joanna Gaines redoing their room. Like, right. It, why does everyone see either there's so many alien encounters and then there's also like the hat man or the right. hag. Like they're just so specific. Right. Which makes so me I wonder, think- which makes me wonder if sleep paralysis is something that your mind does because of these experiences that like your body kind of paralyzes because it doesn't know how to react or is it something that these entities aliens creatures are are kind of bringing with their energy into your space that cause you to become paralyzed or or a third thing what if your body enters this sort of state like sleep paralysis is induced by your own physiological response to i don't know sleep or whatever's happening in your body right but depending on what type is induced maybe you open yourself up to other realms or other dimensions and it kind of like sends a beacon and you all of a sudden are visited by these things or you can just temporarily see what's already around us Ah, i actually heard someone the other day said that sleep paralysis is much more common if you sleep on your back so i've been sleeping on my stomach way more i've heard that too but i'm not I'm just not convinced because I usually get sleep paralysis when I'm napping and I don't Mm. nap often. But when I do, it's like when I'm at home in Vermont and I'm on the couch and I'm always sideways. So I don't. Interesting. Okay. So uh, I've been in every position and experience. (laughs) 
Yeah, I've never experienced it. I've had paralysis when I have a cat on my stomach, but that's because I don't want to move to destroy the cuteness of catness on my not, belly. Not quite the same. <laughs> no, it's more pleasant. Experience it. <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't experience it either. But so the people who have experienced this sort of like sleep paralysis, alien abduction, all report the same thing. There's a bright light, there's a humming noise, and they feel the presence or see the presence of someone, something else. Okay. Sometimes people remain in their rooms and other times they're somehow transported out into the craft. There have been reports where people's glass windows have actually broken and they've exited and other people have reported somehow that they were transported through the walls. Like somehow the, the mass of their body or something. Which also makes me think that there's m- more proof that we're visited by different species of aliens because maybe some of them have the power and the technology to make you go through walls and other ones are like, shit, we got to break the wall. We don't know what to do. Right. But Just the going through forever. walls also makes me think of projection or astral traveling where you like your soul kind of leaves your body, but you still feel if you're not aware or if you've never done that before, you still feel like you have a body. Mm hmm. And another thing that's interesting is the people who have been abducted going through their walls or with the glass breaking, there have been quite a few incidents where there have been witnesses to it. Like other people are awake in the home or they're outside walking down the street and they hear a crash or something catches their eye and they see it happening. What? But of course... No one believes them. And then it goes in the whole like, well, they like created this conspiracy together. And it's like, okay, well, sometimes these people are complete strangers. Like they're not. What's the point? That's the other thing. It's like, what's the point of saying that you were abducted by aliens if you weren't? No one wants to be called crazy. Like, what do you get out of it? I mean, a book deal. Right. But like my one argument, and and I'm not saying that this is. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that there are people out there who kill people. Like, why do they do that, right? So there are people who just their minds are wired differently and there are people who lie, people who like attention. And and so I understand why in those cases they would do such things. But there, I, I do think with alien encounters and so many of the stories we read, I 100% believe them and don't think that they're made up. I definitely don't either because – I mean, honestly, I think if something like this happened to me, I probably would keep it quiet. I'd like tell my parents and then that. And me. (laughs) And me. You'll tell me. Maybe, but you wouldn't be allowed to talk about it on the podcast. Fine, but I just want to know. But here's the thing. If like, so I'm going to go into someone's story soon, but if that happened to me, that's so incredibly violating and scarring and it just goes into the same sort of concept of like people who experience rape or other physical abuse traumatic events they don't go broadcasting it to all their friends saying like this this happened to me this happened to me it's like i agree but i think with a lot of these circumstances it's society telling you that you can't talk about it you should be ashamed you should be you should feel embarrassed and then you restrict yourself and i'm not saying that you have to talk about certain things but like I think the more open we are about even ghost stories, for example, the more open we are about it, the more people can feel comfortable in talking about it and being like, oh, I'm not alone. I've had this as well. And like we can create a community community around these experiences of people who have also had them. 
I don't disagree with you there, but I think that there are some sensitive topics that I agree. people don't share because of their own personal like healing process and what they're going through mentally. Right. It has nothing to do with the social constructs of what's right and wrong. Absolutely. You know? I agree with you. Trust me. I 100% agree with that. And it's it, everyone heals on their own and processes on their in their own way. So, yeah, it's up to you. So if I get abducted by aliens, it's TBD whether I'm going to tell you guys. That's okay. what we're trying to say. <laughs> Sabrina's going to be all about it. She's going to oh, be making I another will. whole podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I mean, my gosh. Fingers okay. crossed. But guys. going going back to this. So sometimes people stay in their room. Sometimes they're transported out into a craft. The person generally feels completely paralyzed or at least very heavily restrained. Mm-hmm. And sometimes their memory is quite foggy or gone entirely. Mm-hmm. That is until the memories are we reawakened. Dolores Cannon, maybe some other alien and UFO enthusiasts who are listening will recognize her name. Yeah, but she was name one of the first. Familiar. Yeah. So, okay. Well, honestly, you might have come across it in your research because especially when you were talking about hypnosis, she was one of the first people to use hypnosis to discover alien abductions. Ooh. She's since passed away, but during her lifetime, she developed a unique method of past life regression known as quantum healing hypnosis technique. And it's a technique which she had used on people who had possibly suffered from alien abductions. And through this, Dolores actually learned a ton about extraterrestrials and what happens to people when they're taken. And she wrote like 19 or 20 books or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, But many of the things that she learned from these sessions were not things that her patients could remember when they were awake, but it was during hypnosis that the encounters came flooding back to them. Wow. So again, it kind of goes with what we talked about when you were talking about your story, just like, were the stories always there in our mind? Were they silenced by the aliens or did we ourselves just push it out of our mind? Right, and it's repressed. Right. And so Dolores discovered all of these different like crazy facts about extraterrestrials and what they're doing and and how they operate and honestly like about like sperm and egg extraction and the reason behind it and i haven't read her books and there are limited youtube videos but basically what she found from gathering this information from people who've encountered aliens is it seems to be it's her understanding that egg and sperm extraction happens because the aliens go to all these different planets with all this different life and they extract the reproductive cells from all of these beings and they try to inhabit other planets with them i was basically thinking about this last night i was wondering if that's what they do if they're trying to create human babies yeah so it's kind of like they try to see what takes and what will live on other planets and so she also referenced them as being like the ancient ones so if people are not religious and believe in god or maybe you do believe that there's something but you don't know specifically what it is she kind Mm -hmm. of argues and I don't know who created the ancient ones, but she argues that it's actually the ancient ones that go around to different planets and put different reproductive cells or seeds or what have you on the planet to see what takes and what doesn't. So that's why that is so crazy. It's so crazy. And then you want to know what's even crazier. And we've mentioned this very briefly, but this is something that Dolores found. When she was doing past life regression, sometimes people recalling their past lives would recall a life that was not lived on this planet. What? So she's doing a past life regression with someone. Can you imagine just being there and like they're talking about when they were, they used to be a scribe in Romania and then they were um, like a Greek athlete in ancient times. And then all of a sudden they're talking about their 
life and their role on this planet that you've never oh heard of. And you're like, wait, what? You were just on Earth for your past seven lives. What are you talking about now? I mean, that brings up, I mean, there's so many questions and like you can branch off into so many different discussions about this. But like, does that mean they are ghost aliens? Does that mean when you are a spirit and you pass on from this life, can you travel to other places in the universe because spirits are able to do that? You know, like it just like brings up so many questions. So many questions and they're all unanswered, which is I know <laughs> the hardest thing because we can speculate and we can guess and we can ask. But it's like unless they give unless they give what's her name? Betty the book. Oh, we, yeah. We're not going to know a lot of things. Someone's got to be. I would get Betty. the book. I would get it. They would give it to me. You got to try real hard to not have your memory erased. You got to yeah. sneak it. Just shove it in your bra. I you know, my bra is definitely big enough to hold a book. So I will do that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot. Mine, maybe. <laughs> big old boobies. <laughs> Mine's big enough to hide some snacks and bring them to the bar to eat later. Okay. So, okay. Dolores, basically, what I'm trying to say is she learned a lot from these sessions, and these techniques were used by others, triggering more alien abduction stories to surface, similar to your story, how right. they were both put under hypnosis. And kind of the ironic thing is that some psychologists have conducted these past life regression hypnosis therapies to help their clients. And these people are not intending to find alien stories at all. It's just one of the techniques that they're using in their therapy sessions. And yet sometimes alien abduction discoveries come to the surface. What? And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was not what I was expecting to come out of right. this. Wow. So I want to give just one example. And this is one of the more well-known stories as well of someone who went under hypnosis to remember his terrifying events. Oh my gosh, okay. Jesse Long was abducted many times throughout his life. And his first abduction occurred when he was just five years old in 1957 in Rogersville, Tennessee. It was him and his brother, John. So John was present for the abduction and John was actually taken too. So they were both abducted together, but they were outside. They were going over a hill when they spotted what they described as a round shaped house. And there was a tall man that was standing outside. So hmm. they're kind of still heading in the direction that they were but the amount of time between them spotting this man in this round shaped house cough cough ufo wasn't very long so they mm -hmm. weren't they weren't out there for long before they said that the tall man spotted them i guess and he basically took this like large staff in his hand and it emitted light and then all what? of a sudden jesse lost consciousness and that's the last thing that he remembers and he was five and years he, old he's five years old he was five years old and he didn't Whoa. remember anything else about the abduction until he went under hypnosis. And there's actual footage that you can watch of Jesse going under regression therapy. <gasps> and it's really, really hard to watch. He really, truly looks terrified. And he looks oh, like he's so in sad. a lot of pain. Oh, my God. It's hard. Like, the video's on his face. And you just, like, his face is so scrunched up. Like, he's, like, it's just. Oh, poor I, kid. I mean, he's yeah. older, right? He was older when he had the regression therapy. Yeah, he's an adult. This is when he's an adult. And right, but it and just, it's crazy because that experience happened to him in such a formative age that it clearly impacted his whole life and he had no idea. Well, there was someone talking about how people who are abducted and basically used to extract sperm or eggs or some sort of like something sexual or reproductive mm -hmm. happens to them while they're in the spacecraft that it actually affects a lot of them and it affects their future relationships with partners and their trust and just i mean i think it goes with anyone who's yeah it's a violation 
yeah, it's a personal it's a personal journey through yep. what happened and it can affect your relationships with your other people. Perception of yourself and yeah, it's it's a very damaging experience. Right. So that's actually what happened to Jesse. That's it's part of what so happened sad. to him. So when he was under the hypnosis, he started to remember his very first experience. And mind you, he's remembered other experiences. It was just like his very first experience that was the most traumatic that he blocked couldn't right. yeah he blocked out he remembers wow. being taken into the craft and brought into a room where he was placed on a cold flat table and his brother john was taken to another room so they were separated they couldn't see each other that's very panic inducing for a five-year-old right. kid mm-hmm. you're already in a strange place with strangers and suddenly you're ripped away from your your parents the one person you trust yeah right kind of sounds like something that's happening in the world today but moving on yeah. he remembers feeling them touching his legs and doing something down by his legs. And he felt like they were inserting something into his left shin. But that's kind of all he remembered. And after the initial abduction for the next 34 years, his left shin hurt. And he said it hurt so much that he actually wore his socks. He folded his socks down below the incision site because if anything, if any pressure was against it, he felt the pain. Oh, my gosh. And so in 1991, finally, he's like, it's something is in there. Like, you guys need to just look. I'm in so much pain. This is inhibiting my, like, daily life. Right. And so he went into surgery, and the surgeons removed a small glass-like object from his leg. Oh it broke in half during the process, and it was sent to Southwest Research Institute for analysis. And what, what the lab find? found was that the object had a very unique surface characteristics, that could not be explained and that it was most definitely not glass. So everyone that was saying that it was just a shard of glass that was lodged in his body was wrong. And oh my gosh, it basically they said that they ha- were left with more questions than answers. Like the scientists said this, they had no idea what this thing was. Whoa. I think we can pretty much assume that's because it was a material made right. not of this materials found in earth. So do you think it's like a tracker of sorts? Like That's exactly what I was just going to say. I was going to really? say perhaps it's a way for aliens to track abductees because so many people who've right. been taken have also reported that it's a continuous thing. And it's like, well, how can they find you? There are 7 billion people in the world. How can they track you wherever you move and right. go? But maybe this is the tracking device. Oh my gosh, that's so unsettling. Right. And it makes sense for Jesse too because he throughout his life had been abducted many more times. And it also makes sense from a researcher perspective, because if you're really trying to look at how, and too, if we go based on um, Dolores Cannon's theory on ancient beings, right. things like ancient aliens, the ancient ones, mm-hmm. repopulating other planets, wouldn't you want to do a longitudinal study on the creature that you're trying to put on another right. planet? You want to see what happens from a young age into adulthood, like what typically are they like? So it makes sense that they would you know, come back and, and look Revisit. at people through different yeah. stages of their life. So that happened to him and he was abducted many more times. And Jesse said as he aged into adulthood, his abductions, what happened to him it when taken into the ship got way worse. Oh, and he no. said each time they'd take him down a hallway and he would become paralyzed. He couldn't move even as much as he wanted to scream and kick. He said sometimes he would scream and kick, but they would somehow paralyze him so that he was unable to fight back. Oh, and one so of the experiments, scary. terrifying. It actually reminds me of that movie Awake, uh, where a guy goes into surgery, but the drugs don't 
Ugh, and he's those annoyed. are horror stories. Yeah, and like <laughs> their par their bodies are paralyzed and they can't speak, but they, they feel everything. Right. But he said one of the experiments he had to endure was sperm extraction. And he remembers them forcing. So he said it happened, I believe, in a variety of ways. Like they would just extract his sperm, similar to uh, how your guy, Barney, Barney said that something was placed around his genital region and he felt oh like sperm was being extracted. So I think Jesse endured a similar thing. But he said that he was also forced to procreate with a female being <gasps> who was present so what? that's not okay and he said that this was extremely extremely scarring and he said it was the most painful of the experiments that he had to go through out of everything that is which like, well, because I can't it's even... physically and mentally right just no words it's horrible right um and this has happened to a lot of other people so not just the sperm and egg extraction but being forced to procreate with other people or even sometimes women have reported being abducted and their children if they're pregnant or whatever like being taken from them right and it's so sad right so there's been quite a few reports of people claiming to have actually had children with extraterrestrials and jesse thinks that he's one of them because during one of his abductions he was driving down the road and suddenly he and his car were just lifted off the highway and placed into the craft and he arrived in the all too familiar cold table and he said he was presented with a baby <gasps> and was given the knowledge that this was his baby. And then he noticed nine Whoa. children lined up against the wall and he was given, again, the understanding that he had fathered these children. And he said that there were nine children, nine, well, plus the baby, so ten. And he said that each one of them walked over to the table and just slightly touched like his arm or something and continued on and left the room almost like an understanding of he said he thought it was kind of like a thank you for giving us a chance to live or something like an Do acknowledgement you, between the two but that was that was it but it's like oh i mean so okay scarring. It, it's so scarring but he's fathered 10 children that are half human so we know how humans are rebellious do you think that at one point those or one or or multiple of those children will steal a spacecraft to come to earth to be with their dad oh my god i sure hope so that could be the turning point some pre-tween alien human hybrid is just having a fit and steals their like piss at their mom's car needs yeah yeah very well could happen so i understand dolores cannon's theory about extracting sperm and eggs and seeds and everything from everywhere mm -hmm. to try to see what will grow on different planets but i have a theory as to why they actually force humans to procreate with alien species what? and it stems from a few different stories that i came across when doing research there were quite a few where people had reported that either they gained consciousness and tried to escape the room that they were held in or they mm -hmm. were somehow unable to be controlled and so they remained very unruly and so these alien creatures had these, they described them as like human looking beings come in who had like oversized eyes, but for the most part looked like they were, could be human and calm them down. But they also reported oh. that these, like these beings haven't spoken English or anything. It's not like they were, not to say all beings have to speak English, but we're, we speak English. So that's why I'm saying that. Right, they didn't speak right. any languages of the 
of the earthly planet language. yeah planet earth um they, <laughs> it's where we are now i had a hard i had a really hard time to, figuring out where we were but yeah it's just like they're I, I feel like they might breed these beings to either calm down others other humans that are taken or to sort of maybe collect things from earth in a more inconspicuous way because from Jeez. far away they look completely like humans so you're not going to think anything of it if someone's over in a cow right. pasture doing something to a cow or like picking flowers in a field Ooh. or whatever you know that's creepy so i think they might have created these hybrids to make it a little bit easier for them right. to visit earth or control the people that they Just temporarily calm take people down yeah the other scary thing is that people have been taken for a while there was one guy that i i read and he was actually had like multiple witnesses he was with a, uh his co-workers like they were Whoa. all working and he was abducted and he wasn't found for five days he thought he was gone for like an hour and it was oh my five gosh. days later i mean he was dumped on the side of a road like 30 miles away from where he was originally taken and there are other stories where people just disappeared which is so so scary and it's like yeah. what happened to them up there did they do something did they did their memory just get so like so wiped that they actually are somewhere else but have no idea who they are were they dumped at another planet <gasps> is this like a do, do you think that they test the people who come on board and it's like if you pass a certain test you get to move on to the next stage give me the test it's like if you have something in you and you have a certain ability you're a move right. on to the maze they want to study you for longer I, I mean yeah who knows and and there's multiple different species based on the way i mean yes a lot of the stories start out the same but i think just the behaviors of certain extraterrestrial beings makes it makes me think that there are multiple different kinds or types from different places so maybe they have their own methods that's yeah. true it could yeah Oh, my God, it's just so wild, and I just want to know. And know. Obama said that there were no aliens. He was on Ellen, and Macy asked him, and he said no. Yeah, but, but he's I don't also him. sworn to secrecy in things. I'm sure the president of the United States cannot, for reasons of public safety, divulge all the information, like what is happening at Area 51, for example. But, I mean, shouldn't we know if aliens – if they if they have proof of aliens, I think for public safety, you should know. Well, I guess it's kind of like the thing where it's like, well, we don't know how to stop it or have the technology to. So what are you going to do? Tell everyone right. that it exists and just create this like wide mass panic? Exactly. I think, yeah. I mean, it sucks to think that there's someone who makes that decision for us because like you want – I mean, I personally would like to have the confirmation, but – I also get it. I don't need confirmation. I already know. I mean, I know in my heart of hearts, but I want to like see it with my own eyes and also like, you know. You know what? Maybe it will happen in our lifetime because it's very possible. Maybe we'll get to the point of like consciousness again where aliens feel comfortable coming. Because if you think about all the civilizations and just like in the past, if you watch ancient aliens on History Channel or wherever mm -hmm. that show is – if you think about like the different societies that they used to visit, some of them were quite progressive for their time. So I wonder if we'll get to a point where aliens are like, I think they'll, they're going to be okay if we come. 
I don't think they'll come out with their bow and arrows and rifles and shoot us. Right. Well, that's, I think that is the concern is that like people would feel so threatened that a war of sorts would break out. Mm. I'd welcome them with open arms. But like, but like, don't, don't do all these like weird violating experiments. Like I understand. And it's just, it's so like the, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but basically, like, I'm horrified thinking that this happens to people and that they're taken, and yet humans do this constantly to the different animals that exist right. on the planet. Like, we do it to everything right. around we are, where we live. We are so just are as guilty. Yeah. Any different than humans. Right. I mean, we could talk about this for years and years. Like, there's just so m- many discussions to have about it. Okay, we have alien stories from listeners. We do. We do. We do. Okay, I'll read one from Courtney, and the subject line is aliens with four exclamation points. Aliens! Uh, hey, ladies. I feel like you ladies are my best friends I've never met. I was listening to your podcast where you said you wanted some alien encounters, and I wanted to share mine. Everyone else thinks I'm crazy, but I feel like you guys get me. So here goes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> Shortest one first. Several years ago, I was studying abroad in China and we were visiting the city of Dalian. We were at an amusement park and two of my friends were riding a ride and the other three of us were waiting for them to finish and watching them ride. From across the sky, I saw this bright, huge orange light clear on the other side of the horizon. It caught my eye because it was moving so fast. I pointed it out to my other friends waiting and we all started watching it, trying to figure out what it could be. This light was so low to the ground, way too low to be an airplane, and completely silent. In the matter of seconds, it moved from as far as I could see on the side of the sky horizon to the other. It got just about to the point where you wouldn't be able to see it anymore and then it just completely disappeared. It might not sound that dramatic, but this thing traveled hundreds of miles super low in the atmosphere without making a sound and the three of us saw it and recorded it just to have it disappear into thin air. We looked it up later and that area of China had had a crazy number of UFO sightings at that period of time. Wow. Which makes me wonder, like, why do they go to certain areas and why do they pick? It's just like, what are their methods, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just wherever, I guess. Is there? It's like, yeah. why did Darwin go to the Galapagos to study evolution? You just pick a spot that you think will be best and you just see if it works. Just like close your eyes and point your finger on a map and say, all right, I guess this is where we're going today. There is also a theory that the 37th parallel that goes around the world is somehow like a runway for aliens. Like it's maybe something about the magnetism or something that makes it easier for them to land. And these these people have the, I think it's a brother and sister uh, alien researcher duo came up with the theory. Oh my God. They said that a lot of things happen on the 37th parallel. And I don't want to discredit them because I did about two minutes of research just on my own. So Whoa. who knows if they're right or wrong. I haven't read right. their book or like any more on it. But there seems to be encounters everywhere. So I don't know if it's necessarily 37th parallel, but I wonder if that cuts through China. I don't know. So next story, which is a bit more weird. Starting about my junior year of college and for about the next seven years, twice a year, I would wake up with handprint bruises on the backs of my arms as if I had been forcibly held down the night before. Oh. On none of those occasions had anything weird or unusual happened the night before, and I never had any reason for handprint bruises at the exact same spot on both arms. They never hurt or felt like a bruise, but they always 
were very clearly handprints. On the last time it happened, the bruises were also on the backs of my legs, exactly the same spot on both of my legs, and again, as if I had been very forcibly held down. There was another time during the last year of activity that was the most active and unexplainable. For a week straight, I woke up with very different injuries every morning. So the first morning, I woke up with cuts all over my hands. And these cuts were very clearly from my own fingernails, as if I had been really scared and holding my own hands so tight that I dug my nails into myself. Oh my gosh. The next morning, I woke up with cuts all over my legs. They were not deep cuts, but almost like paper cuts and dozens of them on both of my legs. The next morning... I had bruises all over my body. And again, they didn't hurt, but they were all over my torso, back, and arms. Something else happened the fourth night, but I can't exactly remember what. That might have been the day that the handprints showed up again. The last morning I woke up, I had an indescribable pain at the top of my nose, right between my eyes. This pain was so intense that I could not wear my glasses at all. I had been wearing glasses for about 15 years at that point in my life, so it's not like I wasn't used to the feeling of glasses on resting on my nose. There was no swelling, bruising, blood, or anything to explain why it felt like my face had been broken. I was very weirded out by this week, but I didn't know what to do, so I just carried on with my regular life. Several months later, I went to a tarot card reader for fun, and also I had a Groupon. She was interesting (laughs) and fun, but a little weird, and in the middle of my session with her, she started talking about how she had been abducted by aliens several times and had several experiences with them, and she was telling me aliens followed genetic line so they were also interested in her daughter and her daughter had several experiences as well wow i was kind of like oh yeah that's interesting but also you might be a little crazy then she tells me the story about how one time she woke up in the morning with this incredible indescribable pain right between her eyes she went to the bathroom to look sure her face would be bloody and swelled based on the pain level but when she looked in the mirror there was no visible damage as she was looking in the mirror her daughter who was six at the time came into her bathroom crying because her face hurt the pain was in the exact same spot right between her eyes she didn't want to scare her daughter so she got her to calm down and convinced her to go to school when she picked her daughter up after school that day her daughter was still in a lot of pain so at that point she decided she needed to take her daughter to the doctor there they did a scan i can't remember if it was an x-ray cat scan or whatever probably irrelevant the doctor looked at the result and was super freaked out the pictures showed two perfectly round holes through her head directly up through her nostrils (gasps) what what oh my god The doctor said there was no possible way for this kind of damage without her remembering. And this kind of injury, her face should be completely swelled up. There was no medical way to have this injury without swelling, bruising, and tons of blood. Obviously freaked out, at that point, my psychic tarot card reader said, you have to do the same scan on me. I'm having a crazy amount of pain in the same spot. The scan showed the exact same injury. At that point, I no longer had any doubt that this lady was not crazy and had experienced all of these encounters because I had experienced the exact same pain and knew exactly what she was talking about i wish i had the sense to get a scan when i had experienced the pain keep in mind up until this story was over i had not said a single word about my suspected alien encounters i was just listening half interested and questioning if she was counting her storytelling as a part of my hour reading also important to know over this period of seven years that i was finding these handprint bruises i had lived in nebraska thailand phoenix salt lake city and jacksonville the bruises showed up despite moving to all of those different places also for all of those years i had a roommate in all of the different locations during the week of the most intense activity i had four roommates and three animals in our apartment so if something had happened that wasn't supernatural supernatural my roommates would have always heard if something was happening so for the context timeline sake the week of really weird unexplainable injuries happened and six months later was the last time handprint bruises showed up and that was the time that they were on both my arms and legs 
That was about three years ago and I haven't had anything happen since. I'm not sure if the aliens lost interest in me or got everything they need or if they're just waiting for activity to start again. I never had any kind of dream or recollection or sighting of these aliens, just the evidence afterward. When the bruises started showing up, I just made a little joke of it, but the week after all of those different injuries happened, I was pretty freaked out, as were all my roommates. After that, I was pretty convinced aliens were the only explanation, and I started looking into getting a nanny cam or something to see if anything would show up on film, but ultimately I decided I didn't want to know because I felt possibly capturing some kind of evidence this was really happening would freak me out way more than just assuming. It's not like you can do anything to protect yourself from being abducted by aliens, and I'm pretty sure Sage is no use against them, so not knowing is better. Anyway, those are my stories. You ladies do a great job, and I love the show. Keep up the great work. Courtney. (sighs) That's a good one. I wonder if the tarot card reader was recounting this story to Courtney in an effort to help Courtney understand what happened to her. And maybe it didn't actually happen to the psychic at all, but it was her way of letting Courtney process her experiences. Uh, Interesting. That's kind of an elaborate story to tell. Like, wouldn't you just say like, oh, my nose hurt. And then I got like to include her daughter and like all that stuff. It seems like a lot. I don't know. I just think that like, I mean, maybe she did experience it and that's wild. But I think it would be really difficult for a psychic to say understand that this girl had been abducted by aliens and just tell her that but if or she- maybe i mean tarot card readers and p- psychics are connected to the spiritual world and like we've said before we believe that spirits know a lot more and can sort of predict the future and know things about people that right that's true yeah. y- like you don't even sometimes know about yourself so maybe what i'm thinking is as she was doing the reader reading and she was connecting with spirit and trying to gather information to tell this girl maybe spirit came to her and said tell her about the aliens like mm. maybe it was just that like tell her about the aliens so this right. woman had no idea why but she just told her the whole story yeah the ghost told her to interesting but that's so scary could you imagine waking up with all of these unexplainable bruising and cuts no I have got to watch The Fourth Kind tonight because it's just like, I just need to. Yeah. There's also a good show called The 4400 on Netflix, which is all about alien abductions and people disappear for like five years or or more. And then all of a sudden on a day, they all reappear. Is it real? Fake? Fake? It's fake. It's got to be fake. It's fake. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, this is just like her story is just so wild and i totally understand about her not wanting to get confirmation because it's just so terrifying and like what are you going to do she's just going to lay in bed every single night terrified to close her eyes because there's nothing she can do against it right oh so scary but i do want her to go get a scan and see if she has the dots because she'd still have the holes you know it doesn't matter the pain went away yeah i mean unless there's some weird medical ability that these aliens have and then it closed up who knows it's just oh my gosh i wonder how many like what what and what's the purpose? Right. That's what I was thinking. Like, what does Ugh. that do? Is it somehow like they put sensors up there and can monitor your brain activity? But like, <gasps> oh, I hate that. Mm. It's hard to think about this for too long because it's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Our friend Marissa, who we uh-huh. have said is haunted plenty of times. Yep. Has uh, a story. Mm hmm. It's called Two Unanticipated Sleep Paralysis Experiences. Ugh. (laughs) 
Hi, my supernatural sisters, Sabs and Corinne. I'll start this off by saying I'm obsessed with the podcast and so happy you guys are finding success in something you enjoy doing. It's the dream. I think Marissa might be our number one friend fan. Yeah, she listens and she, like her and I talk weekly and she references what we talk about. Like sometimes she'll start talking about something and I'll be like, wait, what? And she's like, it was on your episode this week. And I was like, oh, I forgot. forgot. (laughs) (laughs) She'll just start talking about it. Um. Okay. I'm writing in to share a couple recent sleep paralysis experiences that were unlike anything I've grown accustomed to on account that they were legit about alien abductions. And I know you guys are a ghost podcast, but I also feel like there's some type of connection or relation between the supernatural and the extraterrestrial. I think there's an underlining meaning in the change of scenery that I can't explain up until this last week. I've only ever experienced sleep paralysis in a more spiritual level. So I have yet to discover what they're about or why they have taken this new unsettling form. Maybe it's a sign that the paranormal beings can start to take on different manifestations to get a rise out of you. Uh, Have either of you seen it? Ugh. Yeah, that's horrifying. You'll float too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm trying to remember what the little boy's name is when he's like, Um, what's his name? Shoot. See, it's a famous line and neither of us remember it. Also, everyone thinks I messed up because I think the guy that plays it, or I think like even in his costume, I still find him attractive. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Or like monsters, like Johnny Depp and Edward Scissorhands. I'm like, ooh, please. Okay, well, that's different, I think. Uh, What is the name? It's like Donnie, Denny. It doesn't matter. It's something. Okay. Okay. Everyone's yelling at us right now. (laughs) We'll hear about it later. Anywho, Corinne knows that my life has been saturated with paranormal experiences since a young age. Ghosts, demonic presences, sleep paralysis, and everything in between. And I'm definitely excited to share them with you and your following. But I'm saving those ones for a rainy day, aka when we're all together and can record a feature in Boston. Also, Marissa was with me during my alien experience. We lived in Colegio together, so she saw the same thing that I did. I was thinking, what if the two of you together just open yourselves up to even more? Just We've talked about that so many times about how we're like create this little paranormal vortex as soon as we're together and everything picks up. Anyway. Oh my gosh, Georgie. That's his name. Georgie! (laughs) Okay, anyway. I think I'm naturally an open book, so no matter how much I try to fight it, when it comes to spirits and whatnot, they tend to latch on to me and follow me around for a bit until for some reason or another, I'm able to shake them. A telltale sign that something is likely going to happen is moving. Every time I move, whether it's into a new dorm in college or off-campus house, both places very haunted, mm-hmm. or new apartments, something or someone on the other side finds me and gets curious. Oh my gosh often to the point where it gets a little overwhelming and becomes weaved into my everyday. Corinne can speak to the text messages, keychains falling apart, etc. Which we've mentioned some of these things on the podcast in previous episodes. Right. So it shouldn't be too surprising that this is currently happening given I just moved into my new place about a month ago. My mind slash body is definitely getting used to the new environment and I've noticed I've been falling asleep a little anxious every night. Maybe I'm keeping open some otherworldly door by not falling into a deep enough sleep? Who knows? Hmm. Anyway, last Thursday, I fell asleep like any other night anticipating a restless night when next thing I know, I'm half awake, half asleep with a quiet whizzing, whooshing noise that's growing louder. In this state, I look to the right out of my bedroom window, seeing just the stars in the dark night sky until a slight circular light starts rotating. 
taking on the form of what I'm assuming is a UFO. I don't know if you've ever experienced an episode like this, but it was legit terrifying. I couldn't move or make a noise, not sure what was going to happen. And keep in mind, I don't know this is a sleep paralysis episode yet, so for all I know this is real, I'm getting abducted by aliens. So I'm paralyzed on my bed watching this thing get bigger and closer in the sky when bright flashes of light bring my attention to the foot of my bed. And I'm doing everything in my power not to look because I know exactly what or who is going to be oh there. My God. But for some reason, I look anyways and I see three lanky, light-colored figures that are gathered talking in the corner of my room. One notices that I've start that I've seen them and starts moving towards me where I'm laying motionless in my bed and pulls out this slender metallic tube and holds it up to my face i kind of figured that whatever he was holding was going to be something that made me forget they were there like in men in black lol oh my gosh three bright flashes in a row finally wake me up and i'm sitting in my bed dripping sweat heart racing i turned on my bedside lamp and that's when i realized i was having a new sleep paralysis experience i knew it wasn't real first because i remembered it happened that light thing clearly did not work on erasing my memory and second when i looked to my right my window my blinds were closed tightly shut like they were when i fell asleep so i wouldn't have been able to see the ufo thing in the sky in the first place it was all made up and i attributed the whooshing noise that started everything to my broken ceiling fan and my mind playing nasty tricks on me um, marissa if you listen to this episode which she will on monday morning <laughs> the whole thing it's like maybe it erased from her memory actually being taken up into the ship right and i feel like this is her just trying to rationalize it so that she doesn't have to believe that it was a ufo right because it's freaky okay. right so i shake this off as just a random horrible thing curse you subconscious fist shaking (laughs) until last night i had a very vivid alien abduction dream again in this one i was a kid and i was with my mom and basically whatever this alien being was warned us that the next night i was going to be taken i'm going to save you the agony of me trying to hash out all of the dream world details haha but during this dream i couldn't move or scream or wake myself up i quickly realized it was turning into sleep paralysis i wonder if this was just a flashback like without going into hypnosis she just remembered like possibly her first abduction experience that yeah, that's exactly what i'm thinking when i did finally wake up my limbs felt super heavy and prickly my heart was racing and my mind was really clouded maybe it was the three glasses of red wine i had before <laughs> i fell asleep lol but i was also had this extremely unsettling feeling that i wasn't totally alone in my room or my body my whoa gosh. and that whatever it was was creating these experiences and was just waiting for me to fall asleep again to torment me for some more no so instead of falling back asleep i turned on all my lights and read for an hour and then slept soundly through the night so now i get to go to sleep tonight with the ominous warning in last night's episode that tonight i'm going to be abducted by aliens just thought i would share since i think it's interesting that these sleep paralysis experiences take on many forms this was the first time that it wasn't something like someone whispering in my ear or feelings like someone was trying to overcome my body i also feel like maybe people who claim to be abducted by aliens are just having an experience similar to mine or maybe i am getting abducted and it's only a matter of time until i notice little probe marks around my body Dear Lord, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Anyways, love you guys and can't wait to lay out all my paranormal experiences with you in person. Until then, see you on the other side. XO, Marissa. And we've never heard from her again. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, like, when she, crazy. She called me when this happened 
And she was like telling me all about sleep paralysis. And I was like, Marissa, I'm pretty sure you were abducted by aliens. And I don't think it's what she wanted me to say. Yeah, your, la- your, your response, I think the aliens are after you. Ha <laughs> ha, nervous laughter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, scary. that's what I. That's literally what I responded back in the email. Yeah. It's Marissa, I'm texting you now. I think the aliens are after you. Ha <laughs> ha, nervous laughter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but like, like, I don't know. It's, I mean, we can pick apart her story and it sounds like a lot of the things that people have reported right. before. It's like, it's kind of cloudy and it all seems surreal. And if you know about sleep paralysis and you've had sleep paralysis before, maybe you'd be like, well, it was similar enough. It must have been that. But then when you actually think about what's happening and potentially go under hypnosis, there might be some memories. What if Marissa's been marked and she's been going through this? (gasps) Marissa, Marissa, I'm talking to you now. Going back to the ghost text message, there was a ghost story which we'll go into some other time but basically it was associated with the cluster of freckles on her arm what if there was an implant inside of her arm which created the cluster of freckles and that's why there was attention brought to the cluster of freckles on her arm via the ghost that one time oh my god and that is how the aliens track her i mean she's gonna be so mad at us for this (laughs) oh god that's so scary i don't even know how to um respond yeah it's i'm Aliens are cool, but aliens are also terrifying. And it's like, no one has real clarity into their experiences. Do you know what I just thought? Do you think? Because we were talking recently in this episode today about people who have had past lives that were alien life forms. Do you think I'm so fascinated with space and aliens because a past life was an alien life form? It totally could be. I also have multiple sections of birthmarks that are in the shape of the big or little dipper like in multiple places on my body wow oh my gosh maybe you lived just beyond the dipper oh i would love that that'd be really cool maybe you should go into hypnosis or get past lives or can you come with me red yeah absolutely will you hold my hand and be there i'd love to go get my past lives read because i've done it before and i'd love to see if new lives have come forward or if someone tells me the same thing right i feel like i would need to do it with someone there so you could like if you were there for me with me so you could tell me what happens and i know it's all real yeah well yeah the past life reading that i got is like you're just sitting there and the person is like but when hypnosis. i was there, yeah but the hypnosis is different and i'm not sure that you can just do that anywhere yeah i mean i would have to Maybe. do a ton of research yeah we should look into it guys we gotta wrap this up because i gotta go look at my bohemian rhapsody theory <laughs> so we'll leave you there and you can let us know what you believe and think of aliens and if you've had experiences maybe you've seen a ghost alien maybe you can answer my question if they exist uh email us or maybe you've just seen a ghost email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com follow us on social media we have twitter instagram facebook we have patreon if you would like to donate to our patreon and support Mm -hmm. our podcast in that way another way to support is to buy merch and another way to support is to rate and review us on itunes that is important and another way to support is to tell all your friends and family and to get the word out about our podcast so that we can grow and Mm -hmm. get more ghost stories and we will see you you on the other other side side. or in outer space Uh. (laughs) Very spooky.